a quick sermon, amen? So, but uh, Philemon, we've been doing a series. I'm probably going to do maybe three or four more weeks on this, and uh, I believe it's so vital. I've had so many people come up to me and say, man, this has helped in marriage. This has helped at work. This is helping such and such. This has helped with the guy I've been fighting over with, over doctrine and everything. And uh, today we're going to talk about how you can actually grow through conflict here. I don't know about you, none of us like to have conflict here. I, I just, you know, I don't, I, don't, I don't like conflict here, but I realize that you have, you have, it's part of everyday life, amen. But uh, how many of you, you're the type of person that you just, you, you, you don't like drama zone, amen. And uh, you, you, you don't like conflict and, and uh, you'd rather just read about it in a newspaper with somebody else and not deal with you, amen. But how many are that way by an amen? You just don't deal well. You, you maybe don't do well with approaching somebody or something like that. But um, conflict, we can't escape it in life. And uh, there are going to be things that happen uh, in life that we say, God, why, why did my friend that I was a friend with all these years hurt me? And why are we not friends no more? Or God, why did this person get upset over this and this and this, and maybe maybe they don't come to church no longer? Or why did this happen in marriage here? And God is sovereign, right? How many believe God's sovereign? You know, any disagreement, do you think God says, oh, I didn't know that they had a disagreement over? <laughs> you think God can, can stop things? You know, hanging on the cross, Jesus said, Father, forgive them for what? They don't even know what they do. First Corinthians says, if they'd known what they did, they would have never put them on the cross. And sometimes people don't even know what they do that cause conflicts. And you know what a lot of people do? They just say, I'm going to stomp away mad and everything. And they don't even know what they've done here. And then as if they're a mind reader here, and they don't even know. And then they could have maybe fixed it, and they could have both grown if they would have did it the Bible way. Now, how many of you have known people like that? You, you're thinking, what happened here? And then maybe a year later, somebody through the grapevine tells you, oh, this happened, this happened. You're like thinking, couldn't we have just talked through it a biblical way and grown from it? Amen. But how many of you are that there are people, they just like to run from a conflict. They, 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 they like to deal with it here. But uh, I'm going to give you this illustration then. Um, I'm going to get into the, I have a quick little video, I'm going to show you too, how God puts the right ingredients into the right people to actually help us to grow. But uh, about a month, month and a half ago, I was sitting down there in my recliner chair, it was a cold night, everything, and I was enjoying my favorite shows. I was like, ah, getting into it, ah, ah, yes, 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 and all of a sudden, sudden link went out. And I said, okay, it'll be back on soon. I'm missing my show, hurry up, sudden link, hurry up, hurry up, hurry up, I'm missing my show, don't you know this, and 8 o'clock, I missed one, but hey, there's another one coming on here, it's surely going to come on, come on, come on, and you know, after about 10 o'clock, I said, well, not going to watch news, I'm going to bed, surely it'll, it'll be up in the morning, I'll watch my news before I go to work, and it wasn't there, and I'm thinking, oh, it just drove me crazy that everything was going good, I sit down there after a long, hard day, and all I want to do is sit down there and watch my favorite show, and then something happens, and then I read in the paper, I read in the paper after I get mad, 
transformer blows up or something like this, okay? And I'm shouting at the TV here. I don't know if you do this here. Hurry up! I'm missing my favorite show. Hurry up, Sudden Link here. I'm paying my bill here, okay? And I get all mad here, and I read in the paper something that was beyond my control happened here. And I felt like this tall, amen. I'm just glad that they couldn't hear me, amen. But isn't that the way life is sometimes? Everything's going fine and dandy. Man, you got best friends here. Everything's going good at work. Everything's going good in your marriage here. Everything's going good in church. And all of a sudden, you just have an outing. And you're thinking, that was not planned in my schedule for me to have that conflict with that person here or this happen here. But it, it happened, right? And uh, conflicts happen. And we're going to see here that uh, there was going to be a situation here that Paul got involved with and between two men here. One of them was a, a slave. Uh, his name was Omnisius here. Now, let me kind of give you a little bit of backdrop. Slavery back in Bible days was slavery was different than slavery, what we went through during our period here. If you had a debt that you could, you could work off, you could, you could work it off, but you were considered a slave here, okay? And um, this particular man uh, had, had been a slave, and he'd work, he had been working for this man named Philemon here. But something happened here. Do you know what happened? He stole from him, and he ran away here, okay? And he's thinking here, I stole from him, I ran away here, and um, he thought, uh, end of story here. But he ends up where Paul, where Paul is, and he meets Paul in jail here. And Paul meets him. Paul wins him to Christ here. And he's talking to this guy about, hey, way back some maybe 150, 200 miles from here where I left here, I stole from this guy named Philemon. And Paul says, oh, I know Philemon here. I started a church in his house here. And I, oh, I know him here. And uh, I can imagine Philemon's probably boiling, his, boiling in his mind thinking, that's Thinking guy stole from me, man. Next time I see from him, man, I am going to clean his clock or I'm going to hang him. I'm going to do something here. So what Paul does, Paul, we're going to see here, sends him back to talk to Philemon here. And we're going to see here how he does this. But, uh, you know, when we talk about conflicts, sometimes it's just, the right ingredients with the right type of people that can help us grow through things. Now, how many have ever been with the wrong kind of people that are spiritually, and you've had a conflict, and they fueled the fire? Amen? You know, that, that happened at Walmart. That, I, had to lay, I had to wait in line here. Then you go home and tell somebody that's not fit. And you say, how dare them? And they fueled the fire. Or you had a spiritual person here that said, well, do you think maybe the cash register broke here? Maybe they had a bunch of people call in. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. And you realize it takes the right ingredients for the right people to help us grow from situations. Because let me tell you something, that you are going to get hurt in life. And it will take the right people to help you grow. And I got a quick, just a quick kind of little comico. How many of you like expressos? Raise your hand. 
okay? But you know what? An espresso, if you just put one ingredient in it, it doesn't taste good. It has to have all the ingredients in it for it to be good. And you realize some things in life, you have to have the right ingredients with the right people that are spiritual that can help you when you are having a conflict here. But you're not going to have somebody who's not reading their Bible and anger and full of bitterness and rage. They're not going to help you grow through conflict. You have to have the right ingredients. Amen? So this is just a quick little comical thing here. It's maybe about a minute here. How do we define the word unity? After all, we hear it all the time. Unity in jobs, unity in our schools, and unity in our church. But what is the implication behind the word? Is it nothing more than a group of people working, learning, or worshiping together, loosely linked by a common goal or belief? Perhaps unity begins as nothing more than an empty cup, a framework created to house something bigger than itself a vehicle built to contain a combination of ingredients, each with their own special qualities that make them unique, each consisting of elements and properties that make it perfectly suited to fulfill its purpose. Together, each piece makes its own valuable contribution, regardless of its use as a singular item. Individually, each element is by no means worthless. But when combined together by the hands of a skilled creator, they become something wonderful. A delicious blend of unity. Now, isn't that so true here? When just left by itself here, okay, it's just a cup here. But when you put the right ingredients in, it makes it something special here. And you realize that God, the moment you got saved... God wants to do something special in everybody in everybody's room in this life here. If you're saved, say amen. Okay. And God wants to do something special in your life. And you know what? You know what the Bible thing that God wants to do special in your life? He wants to make you like Jesus Christ. I mean, that is something special to take me that I used to drink and I used to cuss up a blue streak here. And I did a lot of bad things in life, but He wants to take something and put the right ingredients in to make something special. And you realize through life you're going to have conflicts. And you've got to have the right ingredients for you to grow to become like Jesus Christ. You've got to have the right kind of people. So what Paul does is this is a personal letter because look at Philemon chapter 1. This is a personal letter from Paul to the man uh, who got hurt here, okay? The man that got stolen from. His name is Philemon. The man that probably had ill feelings toward this guy and probably had a lot of conflict here and probably a lot of hate, a lot of animosity, a lot of revenge, different things right here. But they have a church in their house here. And look at what it says right here. Paul, a prisoner of the Lord Jesus, and Timothy, our brother, unto Philemon, he's writing to Philemon, our dearly beloved, and he's our fellow laborer, and to our beloved Athea, this is probably his wife, and Archippus, his son, our fellow soldiers, and the church that is where at, in their where? Now, let's pause right here, okay? 
Back then, churches were in house, house, okay? Now, how many think that they were probably not like the mega church of 10,000 people? How many think that they were probably relatively small little groups that met in homes, right? Small little groups. How many like little small groups? I know you guys got Brad and them. You got to get a little small group downstairs here. Isn't small groups good? But when you're in a, when you're in a smaller church here, okay, uh, when you're in a smaller area, you see you see people grow. I mean, you say, you say, man, that person's really changed a lot here. I remember a guy one time that uh, came out of a rock band, and I want him to the Lord here and used to drink here. He's in heaven now, Eddie. And uh, he used to come to our church and play guitar here, and I want him to the Lord. And his sister, Judy, used to say, man, what are you doing to Ed here? He, 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 he's just changing. Everybody would see, see him change and different things like this. And how many agree when you're in a smaller church, you notice people, right? Amen. Even in a smaller town, if you say a chew, somebody notices it. Amen. Uh, but uh, some, somebody notices it when you're growing here. And you know what? Even in a, probably a smaller church, probably somebody knows everybody's business, just like in a small town, right? Amen. Can, can I get amen? Everybody knows your business in a small town, right? Amen. I mean, you, you can't get around it. Amen. Okay. One time I fell off a ladder. Uh, well, I didn't even fall off a ladder here. I hurt my back. I hurt my back when we were building the parsonage, Brother Kenny, down here. And uh, I limped back to the, to the trailer here, but I couldn't get up. And um, I, uh, uh, my wife said, I think we need to call an ambulance here. And somehow they got a life flight. They need a life flight. Pastor Stanley fell off a roof, hurt his back here. So I'm getting all these phone calls here all around town. Mrs. Stanley, Pastor Stanley, fall off the hook. There's a life flight here, and they said, cancel life flight, cancel life flight. He just hurts back, and he needs to go to the hospital, amen. But everybody knew it here. Now, can you, do you think that everybody knew what type of person Philemon was? Yeah, because look at some of the characteristics of Philemon right here. And we're going to come back to this. Look at what kind of man he is. He's a, he's a growing Christian here. Look at verse 5. Hearing of thy love and thy faith, which thou hast showed toward the Lord Jesus and toward all the saints, that he says in verse 7, we have great joy and consolation encouragement in thy love because the bowels or the, the innermost person of the saints are what? Refreshed by thee, brother here. Now, would you say that this, is, this was a growing guy here spiritually? Yeah, I tell you what, he, he, he was growing, and I, I imagine everybody in that small little house church here would have saw this guy growing. But let's, let's turn the other side of that. Do you think everybody knew that he owned Philemon here, or I'm saying Omnisius? Everybody probably knew that he had stolen from him, and so all eyes would be on him watching him how he would react to the situation here okay so again small town small small house here everybody probably knows here this guy stole from me and if he ever sees him again here okay uh how are you going to handle it here but it could be a growing opportunity for not only philemon but could it be us so what does he do here what is, what is how does Paul handle the situation? Well, well, the first thing he does, he writes a personal letter to the individual that has been hurt, and he does it under the inspiration of God here. Now, there are some times 
that maybe you say, I don't know if I'm ready to talk it over with the person and everything, or maybe somebody this. Every once in a while, I encourage you to do what Paul does. He writes a letter to the person that he's trying to help here, and it's inspired by the Holy Spirit here. This is the book of the Bible here. It's inspired by God. Can I get an amen? Amen. The Bible is inspired by God. Now, let me ask you a question. I write plays sometimes. I wrote the Christmas coal mine here. I wrote other plays here. And I'm not a playwriter here. There's a lot of times I'd say, all right, God, just take my pen. Show me what I'm supposed to write here. And I'd say, Mrs. Melissa, I didn't do very good in English class here, but I did pretty good writing a play here. How did that happen? Well, God gave me the right words to say. There have been times before I have done funerals, sometimes very hard funerals for children here. And I'd say, God, you're just going to have to give me the right words to say. And people would say, man, that really helped me here. God gave you the right words to say here. Now, I think that Philemon gives us a principle here that sometimes if we're ever hurt by somebody, maybe we, we want to take the, uh, the approach of writing a letter to that person here. Because when you get a letter, sometimes can you process that letter here? And can you... Can you ever do this with your words? You say, ah, I was too mad about that. Let's start that over here. Okay, Holy Spirit, give me the right word. Okay, that's, that's, that's good. God has given me the right words here. Now, when you, when you type something out on Facebook when you're angry about something here, you have to say, oh, delete, 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 <laughs> amen, okay? That wasn't the right way to handle it here. But when you're writing a letter to somebody here, you have the opportunity to say, God, I want to help this person here, and I want these people to grow here, and I want you to guide my words here. So what Paul or Paul does, he writes a letter to this man. Now, it's very interesting here. Look at something he does here in verse 4. And this is something I think that we ought to tell people that we are praying for people. Now, look at verse 4. I thank my God, making mention of the always in my what, folks? My prayers here. So right away, in this personal letter, does he tell him that he is praying for him? Now, let's try to imagine somebody that you've had conflict with here, and you're saying, okay, I want them to digest this. I want them to process this. So I think God's going to lead me to write a letter to try to help these people here to grow spiritually here. And he tells them right away, by the way, I'm praying for you here. Now, I don't know what about you, but when somebody tells me that I'm praying for them, that does something for me here. Now, I'm not, I'm not saying when somebody says, I'm praying that God will change your mind, maybe if it's a disagreement or something like this. But I like it when somebody prays, I pray that God will work in our hearts so we can become more like Jesus Christ here. Now... What do we do when we're in conflict with somebody? How can we grow? Well, he writes a letter. That may be an encouragement to you here if you just don't do good conflicts. Or I encourage you to pray and let people know that you're praying for them, that this opportunity could be an opportunity to grow spiritually. Amen. Now, how many agree here God still works in people's hearts? And God can work in people's hearts even in the midst of conflict here if we pray, okay, 
and God works in their heart, God can work for the greater good. So I want to encourage you here, if you're going through some kind of conflict here and you want to grow, try pray. Try letting the person know here. Uh, before, you, before you dump on them, before what they did wrong and you did this to do this, just say, I'm praying for you. I'm praying that God will work in not only your heart, but in my heart too here, okay? Now, how is prayer going to be effective here? And this is what we want here, because Philemon has to have prayer to be effective here. Now, look at verse 6 here. And he says something about our faith needs to be the sharing of our faith here. And Philemon gets saved, and Omnisius gets saved, Paul is saved, they all share faith here. But faith needs to be effective, to become like Jesus Christ. Now look at verse 6. That the communication of thy faith may become what, folks? Effectual, how? By the acknowledging of every good thing which is in you, in who, folks? Christ Jesus here. Now, Paul says here, I want to be effective here. I want to take this opportunity. I realize that Omnisius has stole from you, Paul. I realize that you're angry. I realize there's conflict here. I'm going to write a letter. I, I am going to pray. I'm going to let you know pray. But he's also praying that you would see the best way to be effective is to see what God has done for you here. Now, with some amens, has God forgiven you? Has God shown you mercy when you made some clumsy mistakes? <laughs> Has God shown you a lot of grace? <laughs> in our, I'm glad God doesn't put a lot of our silly, including mine, mistakes up here that we can see all week. Amen? God's merciful. You know, when I look at my life before I got saved and even after I got saved, I'd say, God, man, you are very gracious to me here. Now, if... God is very gracious to you here and very forgiving to you and very merciful to you. And we're going to see here some things are harder to forgive than others. Amen. Okay. And some things you can overlook. Some things if there's a financial debt, you need to make it right. Pay it. Amen. But we're going to see this here. But how many agree with me? If you would sit down today and study your Bible and find out everything if you're saved, everything's got, and start with Ephesians 1, everything, every spiritual blessing you have here, that's your homework assignment, read it, okay? You would say, I'm forgiven, I'm accepted, I'm beloved here, I, I, I've got a home in heaven, I've been, I've been shown mercy here, I've shown grace here. Now, how many of you like on the receiving end of something? I like it when I am forgiven, amen. I like it when God, you've shown mercy here. But how many of you think it would have been hard, it would have been hard for me, for Philemon to say, that guy just stole from me. I don't know if I want to show him a lot of mercy. I don't know if I want to do this one. How many think it would be very hard for him to do that? I think it would be very hard, and I'm just saying as a pastor, as a Christian for 30-some years here, the only way that God could do that is through the power of the Holy Spirit. Now, we write these verses in the Bible, love your enemies, do good, pick up the extra mile, bless those that curse you. Now, I don't know about you, those are hard verses to do. Those are hard to do, to love my enemy here, okay? Those are hard, hard to do. And you know what? I can't do them on my own strength. 
Do you realize you can't do them with, on your own strength here? But there was somebody that went to a cross who did it. And that was Jesus Christ. So if you're in conflict with somebody here, the only way, Paul says, I'm going to write a letter here. Maybe this will work here. He says, I'm going to let them know I'm praying for them. But he's also praying that God would work in the heart so that they, all three of those people, Paul, Philemon here, they could see everything God said did for them. Now, go down to verse 8 here. And we're going to see here that verse 7 here, or verse 8 here, we're going to see here that conflict is a time for us to grow spiritually here. And it's something that we want to do for people because we love people here. So Paul is writing here. Now look at verse 8. Therefore, though I might be much bold in Christ to enjoin thee, okay, or to require thee, that that which is, I'm sorry, convenient here means to be required here, okay. It says, look at verse 9 and verse 9. Yet for what sake? Love's sake, I rather beseech thee, being such as one Paul aged, and now an apostle of prisoner of Jesus Christ here. Now, Paul could have said here, Philemon here, I require you to forgive him. Okay? He says, you're, I'm older than you here. I'm your spiritual leader here. I require you to do this here, okay? Now, how many have ever had a requirement? I did this in college here. I had a requirement, but I actually didn't do it my requirement. I'm going to be paid for it here by my grade here. But uh, how many have ever had a requirement, and then you thought, I didn't do that here? But how many, uh, how many if I said today, you're required here to be in church here because Pastor Stanley says so here? Or how many of you think it's better you're required to be here because the Holy Spirit has shown you in the Bible here and you know that's the right thing to do here? Now, I could make you do, well, I can't make you this, but how many of you remember several years ago when we had the blue law? Raise your hand. Okay, I had the blue law here. Some of you, they're all okay. All businesses were shut down here, okay? All businesses were shut down on Sunday here, okay? But it's funny, they didn't require you to go to church, Kenny, here, did they? Okay, They, they said, we, don't, we want to take away from all the temptations that are out there that keep you from church. And how many agree here, the 21st century, there's even more temptations that people come, keep from church here. But the, the blue law didn't require people. They didn't say here, you've got to go to church. What did God want from people to come to church? He wanted to come the heart out of what? Out of love here. Now, do you realize, folks, here, Paul could have said here, he could have said, I require you to forgive this person here, and Philemon could have said, I'll do it outwardly. He could have said, yeah. Now, my, I've used this illustration before. My children have gotten a disagreement here, and I can imagine you've probably with children here, you've gotten a disagreement, and you say, now you make up with that person. Sorry, okay? Showed by your face that you were really sorry here. Why did they make up that for that person? The parent told them to do this so they're grounded here. I better make up for that person. Now, did it come from the heart here? No. So you see here, what is Paul when he says, I'm not going to require you to do this, but he says, for love's sake, is he concerned that this could be a great 
time of spiritual growth here? When he says, for love's sake here, here, I'm not going to require you to do this here, but he says, I love you, and I realize that this can be a time in conflict that you can grow from. Now, I want to kind of camp on that for a second here. Every area of life here, there are times that we can grow from here. We can either get mad at people here, or we can grow from this. In 30-some years of ministry, you say, Pastor, have you ever had people hurt you and ever have conflict? Yeah. You want me to write a book about it? Amen, okay? All names have been changed for the sake of innocent here. But I had a decision, either leave the ministry, get mad, which crossed my mind several times, forget church, amen, I ain't going back to church here, or let's grow from it and become more like Jesus Christ. Now, did Jesus ever get the wrong side of the story a lot of times? Did he ever get the wrong hurt to him sometimes? He said, I'm innocent here. Why are you talking about me? Why are you doing these things here? Now, how did he respond back to people here? Now, there was a couple times that I take that scripture here. He turned over the tables. <laughs> okay, that means I can get mad here. No. There was a reason why he turned over the tables here, because he saw that the temple was being desecrated. Not It was, wasn't a house of a... Prayer, Brother Ronnie, they were selling and making a lot of money here, all these things here. So that made him anger here. Now, did Jesus get mad at over everything here? No. There were times he said to his disciples, guys, this is a growing time. And let me encourage you, you're going to have differences as a husband and wife sometimes. But it's a growing time to, to make your marriage even stronger here. I, I like the... I like the uh, the little house on the prairie, the one time when the women go on strike and the men go on strike because they wouldn't do everything. And, and then Charles is mad at his wife and they're mad at this wife here. And all the ladies are mad at the wife. How many have ever seen that, that, that one here? And they're riding in the wagon home here. And um, Mrs. Ingalls makes up something about Charles. And then all of a sudden, he starts to get mad. And she said, just kidding here. I like the makeup better here. Amen. Okay. And, and you know, isn't that true here? That Paul could have said, what I'm interested in both, most in, I'm going to not make you do it. I'm going to appeal you to out of love because it's a growing time here. Now, let's look at something else in verse 10 here. Now, notice what Paul does after he tells Philemon, you're doing a good job here. But look at verse 10 right here. I love what verse 10 says here. He says, I beseech thee. Now he's going to get right to the point right here. I beseech thee for my son, Omnisius. Now he's going to deal with the problem here. The problem is Omnisius was a slave who stole from Philemon here. Philemon's mad about it here. But God directed him to the right ingredient in my bonds right here. Now. Paul changes the tone right here. How many see this in verse 10? Philemus, I'm praying for you. Man, you're a good guy here, but we got to talk about the problem here. Now, I, I read a story, I think, from John Maxwell, I believe, and he talks about using the sandwich method here. And when you use the sandwich method here, there's bread here, there's meat here, and there's bread here. Philemon here is almost using this. He starts out here, man, you're doing a great work. Man, you're doing a good job. Does he attack him right away here and say, you do the same? No, he says here, you're doing a good work. He's using, you're a fellow laborer. You're growing in the Lord here. But now he's going to get to the meat here. Now, how many of you see he's going to get to the meat? What is the meat issue? 
Omnisius is the meat issue here. Omnisius, Brother Jim, has a conflict with Philemon here. And they could do something with it. They could sweep it underneath the rug. They could, Paul could say, I'm going to keep him here. And he'll never, uh, he'll never, 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 but he deals with the problem here. Now, when you're writing your letter or doing whatever here, uh, a lot of times we want to go right to the attack zone here. Husband, wife, you're doing this wrong. Uh, church member, you're doing this wrong. Boss, you're doing this wrong. You're doing this right. Well, do they ever do anything right? Start with doing something right. Otherwise, your boxing gloves are already up. Amen. Then you get to the meat and you follow up with something good that they did here. Now, what does he do in these, this situation here? Look what he says in verse 10. I beseech thee. He's pleading here that for my son Nomnesius, whom I bought in the begons. Now look at verse, time, verse 11. Which in times past was to thee what? Unprofitable. Now, unprofitable because Brother Ronnie, you know what? All he was in, in Philemon's eyes, he was a slave who owned him money here. Okay? No profit here. But what happens, Ronnie, he gets saved right here. Okay? So before, no prophet here. He told him what to do here. You owe money, money here. But now we're going to see here, this guy who done him wrong is actually going to profit Paul. Now, we're going to see here, financially, he gets paid back here. I'm seeing I'm, uh, Philemon here. But also that he grows spiritually here. Now, do you realize, folks, conflict sometimes can profit you here. Now, we don't like it when we get disagreements with anything. We don't like it when we get in disagreements with our spouses and wives and church and co-workers here. But can it make you a better person? They either say get bitter or get better. And you know what a lot of times people do? They get bitter. And I choose to get better. I want to become like who, folks? Jesus Christ here. So he is saying here, the ball is in your court right here. Now, look what he says right here. Look at verse 12. He says... Whom I have sent again, thou therefore receive him. The guy that you just got stolen from, you got a conflict that is in my bowels. Now look what Paul says in verses 13 and 14 here. He says, I'm going to send him back to you face to face. Now look what he says. Whom I rather retain with me, that in thy stead he might have ministered unto me in the gospel of Christ. And let's pause right here. Paul could have said here, I like this guy. I can keep him with me, Sandra, here. I like with me. But if I keep him with you, me, and he never goes back and talks it over with you, problem's never going to get solved. Nobody's never going to grow, are they? So Paul says, I could keep him with you here. Now, you realize that's what a lot of people do. They keep their problem and they keep their situation with them here, and they never go and try to make it right here. Let me tell you a story very quickly about a couple one time who came to our church here. And it, this was probably 14, 15 years ago. And, you know, people, I could write a book why people leave churches over the stupidest things too, amen, okay? Uh, I'd have been a book writer, amen. But, but there was a couple who came to our church one time. It's probably six, seven years ago here. And the names are protected to protect the innocent here, okay? But I first thought, I thought, Ronnie, there's a young couple up there. Praise the Lord. Young couple coming to our church here. So you know what I do when somebody visits our church? I go visit them. And Brittany, I say, hey, I'm glad you're doing here. How, how's things are doing here? Man, you go, you go to a church here. Yeah, I go to a church here. And I said, well, go good here. You just visiting our church. You didn't have church. He said, I ain't coming back. I said, uh, ding, 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 ding. Why you ain't coming back? Can I get personal here? Did something happen? 
And it was the silliest little thing. And I have never done this only other one time I said, that's stupid. <laughs> I actually told somebody, I said, that's stupid thing to get reason. And, and, and you know, I'm thinking they're not, they're not going to come back to me. But I said, would you listen to me for a second here? I said, all you're going to do is keep jumping church from church to church to church when that same silly, sorry, Melissa, don't tell my wife I said that word. I'm sorry. I'm not supposed to. I'm in the doghouse. Amen. But I'm not supposed to say that word, okay? But, but I told this couple, I said, all you're ever going to do is jump from church to church to church to church, and you're never going to grow and become more like Jesus Christ. It's easier to run than deal with the problem here. And so I said, I want you to go back and tell that pastor. And it was a silly thing. And so I'm going to come back next week and see if you did it. I'm going to not make you. And Brittany, I went back there. And that pastor called me. He said, I respect you because he said, you could have took him right in and said, oh, I got the Gucci gossip on you. Amen. And it was a silly little thing. And you know what? They said, I'm in the wrong for that. It was miscommunication. It was wrong here. And they both went back, stayed in that church, and grew here. Now, what happened, I use that story right here. Paul sends him, and look at verse 14. But without thy mind would I do nothing, that thy, look at verse 14, what's it say? Thy what, folks? Benefit should not be as a, out of necessity, but how? Willingly here. So, does he want to benefit the guy who's been hurt? Yeah. And if he never goes and talks to the person, you're ever going to benefit. Now, you know, I, I learned a lot of people here. A lot of people come up with criticism versus constructive criticism. How many agree that there's a difference, right? How, how many agree that there's a difference between any criticism partly is sometimes right? And there's been times before I'd say, man, you're right. Somebody told me something. I said, yes, right. Preacher's human. Amen. Made a mistake. Amen. Thank you for pointing that out here. And you know, thank God I'll become a better person and everything here. But how many agree that sometimes there's a difference between criticism and actually constructive criticism, how we can make this better here? Now, Rodney and I talked about this uh, a couple weeks ago. Our world thrives on criticism. You know, you look on the news here, that's what they do. Criticize, 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 criticize. You look on ESPN, criticize, this quarterback didn't do this right. And I'm thinking, yeah, buddy, you go out there and block for that person. Amen. <laughs> okay, you go out and see if you can do a better job. Amen here. Now, how many agree that we live in a critical world here? Okay. And Paul says here, I'm going to take this opportunity for you to go back and you to talk to that person face to face here. Now. That's the Bible way to be done. Matthew says, if you got an odd against somebody, Ronnie, who do I go to? Now, there were times Jacob and Esau sent a delegation ahead of time because there was anger and said, we want to get the feel here. But my point is, okay, I go to you. And if it can't be settled here, I bring a couple witnesses so every word can be what? Established. Then if I can't get any farther, I bring to a select group of people from the church here. They try to help me here. Now, how many agree with me? We do it backwards in the church. We do not go to people anymore. You know, there are times that we need to involve other people here because look what it says right here in verse um, 17. If thou count me as a partner, receive him myself. Now look what he says right here. This is a big issue that he has to deal with because stolen money is a big issue. If he hath wronged thee, or owe thee, that's money, ought, look what he says, 
put that on my what? My account. Look what Paul says. I, Paul, have written with my own hand, I will do what, folks? Repay it. I do not say thee how thou owest even to me and thyself, but besides here. Now, are there times when somebody wrongs you where justification of repayment is right? It's in the Old Testament here, okay? If you mess up somebody's, if I, brother Ronnie, brother Ronnie, I mess up your car, I should pay for your car, right? <laughs> Amen. And, and there are times that we have to make things right. Now, you realize sometimes just the making of things right, okay, it was a mistake, you made things right financially here, that takes care of things here, okay? Now, but how many agree that sometimes it's hard to overlook some financial things here? Until things actually come up with, amen. How many, how many agree that's hard here? And, but how many agree that there are other times, the Bible says in the book of Proverbs here, that we are sometimes overlooking an offense here. Now, you said the Bible tells us to overlook an offense here. Now, how many agree there's differences, Miss Sonder, between a major offense and a minor offense? If Miss Sondra comes and she forgets to say hi to me, and I say, ah, Miss Sondra, she stuck up or something, didn't say hi to me. Here, I'm mad at her. And I go to Miss Ruby, yeah, you know, Miss Sondra, man, she's not. Uh, I could just say, maybe Miss Sondra was busy. Maybe she wasn't feeling good. Maybe something was going. Man, I'm just going to overlook that, amen. Does, does uh, God do that too with you? But there are other times when it goes to finances, sometimes we might have to deal with something. How many agree with me, okay? This was a big issue. Now, look what he says here quickly here, and we're about done. I love what Paul says right here. He wants this to be a growing opportunity. Look at verse 20. Yea, brother, let me have joy of thee in the Lord. Refresh my bowels in the Lord here. This is not his physical bowels, but this is his inner being here. He wants to see joy when things get worked out here. Now, let me ask you a question here. Do you think spiritual growth is a cause of joy? Man, I tell you what, what brings more joy to any pastor is when people are growing. But you know what? When people are not growing, what brings more disheartening to anybody? Same thing with coaches, right, Rodney, here, when people are doing the right things, amen, they're, they're doing. But, man, when you get disharmony on the team or get all things, it's just like you're like, amen, it's no, it's no fun, is it, here? But what brings joy here? is when people actually learn to grow and become like Jesus Christ here. Now, look what he says right here. And, and, and look quickly, and I'm, again, just about done. It says, verse 21, another principle. Having something, having confidence in thy what? Obedience. I wrote unto thee, knowing that that will do more than thy say. Now, he's confident in Philemon. Now, could he say that to a stranger here? I told my son, oh, my kids, before I went to college, I put my arm around them, and I said, I'm confident you'll do the right thing. Otherwise, you're going to have a mad dad. They rhyme, amen, okay? But no, I said, I'm confident I did my part. I'm confident you're going to study. I'm confident you're going to be in the right part. I'm confident because I knew my son here. Now, I've known Nick here, and I've known Brittany forever here. I could, I could have that freedom to go to Brittany, and I could say, Brittany here, I've known you for a long time. I'm confident. You know me. We're confident of each other here. But could you say that to a stranger here? Harder to know a stranger when you're confident. You've got to get to know them here. Now, do you see here the, the ingredients here? How many, as I'm just about done, have had an ingredient in your life where something happened, but you added that ingredient of that espresso? One of those confident people that helped you see 
Let's grow, become like Jesus Christ. Anybody? Yeah, thank God for those ingredients that God adds. But those are spiritual people. Blessed are the peacemakers. They're the children. Those are not the people that's not in their Bible here. And lastly, Paul wants to come, and he doesn't want to put pressure on the people, but he wants to, to be blessed in fellowship, and true fellowship, where the presence of God. But look at verse 22. But with all, prepare me also a lodging here. I want to come. I trust that through your prayers thou shalt be given unto thee here. He says, you know what? I want to come. And when I come, you know what? Well, I want, I want to be able to see here, but he says, I don't want to put no pressure. I want it to be all of God. Spiritual growth has to be all of God. But he says, when I want to come here, he says, I want to see, man, I want to see what the church is seeing. Omniscious, you and Paul are like this. You've forgiven each other. You have grown. You have moved on. You've moved past things here. Now, how many have been the other side of that? Well, you've seen people here, and I'm talking about even in church here, they've held on things, and you haven't seen them for a long time, and you said, what's wrong with you? Why don't you have the joy of the Lord no more? Why don't you, why don't you have the, the peace of God no more? But they won't tell you. You know why? They're holding on to something. They're holding on to something. It's called a grudge. G-R-U-D-G, I think I'm spelling that, amen? Okay, and you know what? There's some people that hold on grudges. Could Paul have held, or could Philemon have hold on to a grudge? Yeah. But Paul says, man, I want to be able to walk into that church building and see Omnisius and Paul. You're no longer a slave. I'm not throwing up your past. We've all made it right here. The presence of the Lord is in this place. And I don't know about you as I'm done here. Isn't the presence of the Lord in a home great? Man, I've seen some people where people, they don't know how to forgive and they don't know how to grow. Husbands and wives, you will have conflicts. Isn't the presence of the Lord, even, even at church, a great thing? But I can take you to churches here where people had conflicts here. I've been here 22 years. People have had conflicts, but we've grown through conflicts. We've become more like Jesus Christ, amen? And we have that spirit. But I can take you to other churches here where you walk in, you look at them cross-eyed wrong. You probably got a shotgun upside your head, amen? And I'm thinking, man, that's not the way it's supposed to be here. And I've seen friends do the same thing. And I don't know how God has spoken to you today here, but every opportunity for conflict can make you a better person. You can either get bitter or you can what, folks? Better is becoming like who? Jesus Christ. But you got to have the right ingredients, right? That espresso is so good. Amen. So good when you got it. But you know what, Jamie? If I put wrong ingredients in there and you went, it ain't good here. And you get the right ingredients, the right people in your life here. Instead of wrong, running to some backslidden Christian here, run to spiritual people that can help you through your healing. Because you're going to get hurt. You're going to get hurt. And you have to have people that will move you through the hurt. Amen? Every head bowed, every eye closed.